This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. The Dale Jr. Download. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Man, this is going to be a great one. Mike Davis, my co-host, is here. Hey Mike. What's up, bud? Man, it's just another date. Just another date. Well, not really. We got Marcus Smith coming in here and... You know, he's not a superstar race car driver. He's not one of the old guys from the history of the sport coming in. He's an owner of these racetracks. Just come off of an interesting weekend Mm -hmm. at Bristol where they covered the racetrack in dirt. He's going to tell us all about that weekend, why they went ahead with the announcement to race again there next year with dirt. I think he's got a few other things to talk to us about when it comes (laughs) to to Nashville, Atlanta Motor Speedway, and – there's a few other bombs in here, so yeah. I'm excited about it. Uh, Schultz is here. Leah's here. We're going to have a great show. Ask Junior, presented by Xfinity, will be toward the tail end of the show, one of my favorite parts of the podcast. Let's get started. There he is. Brush the dirt. Oh, my God. Oh, dirt. wow. <laughs> Yes. Look I saw this. that promotion, the dirt <laughs> in a jar. So, I mean, you know, where, what, what corner we're talking about here? What, what top is that? That was uh, probably in turn four. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in a Sugarlands jar. Yes. Look absolutely. at that. I was like, man, I'd rather have some of that uh, cream sickle, that orange electric. <laughs> Not the dirt. The electric <laughs> orange with a sun kiss. Give me some of that. Look at that. I know you might want to mix that in with your, uh, with your sipping cream. It's got some moisture in there. Y'all had it a lot does. this weekend, right? Oh, yeah, we no, did. No shortage of that. We saved that up. Uh, special jar. <laughs> uh, we're selling those for Speedway Children's Charities. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's a few jars left. How many did you scoop up? How many jars do you think? I think it was 2,500. My gosh. Yeah. 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 You got a partnership with Sugarlands through the racetrack at Bristol. Sugarlands is a distillery and uh they are in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I visited there and they got a great little business and um some great people, Ned and the whole co- whole company, they're good people to be associated with. So Yeah, they are. They did a great job. They have this bar at the at the speedway that's all decked out. Was, They've got a still. I heard it was busy. It was bar. very busy. Yeah. 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 Every delay is a good opportunity to go over there. Well, how much moonshine did you drink just to get room for the dirt? <laughs> nah. I, uh, I was working. I was working. No drinking? Yeah. Yeah. Not this no, weekend? No, that Was there this, a point at this weekend that you thought about drinking? <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, we, we had a great weekend. It was awesome. It was awesome. But, at uh, what point in the weekend is there a moment, I guess, where you're, you know, pay, you know you're losing patience or you there's frustration or you got you to gotta go – you got to tell yourself to like pull it together and and because you're a positive guy, you're you tend to like this is going to work out. Everything's going to work out. Everything's going to end the right way. We're going to do this and it's going to yeah. everything's going. You don't never you never shut the door on things right. ending yeah. the way that you envision. And uh, <laughs> I wonder if there's you know in racing when we're you know so for example like a race car driver race team, there's moments when we. We lose it, right? Yeah. We lose hope. We lose. Yep. We fr- we get frustrated. There's there's bad communication and yeah, uh, back and forth. And sure. I wonder. I think that is this weekend uh, probably the hardest y'all have ever been pushed. Um, I mean, it was tough. And yeah. I, I will say that I got to give all the credit to Jerry Caldwell, who's the general manager of Bristol Motor Speedway, He's a good and dude. S- Steve Swift, mm-hmm. who um, just worked tirelessly from the beginning. 
Um, so they may have reached that point, um, <laughs> but I, I have full confidence in them, and, and our whole team just did such a great job. And all the people that, that work with Jerry and Steve just did an awesome job to pull everything together. And I'll tell you what, what the difference is between this weekend and the frustrations of weather and maybe uh, what we had uh, last year in Texas is that we had two big uh, sunshine icons on Monday and Tuesday. Um, you knew it. Right. I mean, so that was kind of our stopgap. And even though we wanted to run as scheduled, at least we had this sort of assurance that Monday and Tuesday were all sunshine and, you know, like 1% chance of rain. Right. So that, that kind of makes it uh, a, a little bit uh, encouraging and tolerable. Is there a point, though, y'all had, you know, the 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 creek uh, crests the banks and you oh, had big major time. flooding in oh, the yeah. parking lots and, uh, you know, cars and, and, and campers underwater. And uh, there was other things going on aside from just your concern of the surface of the racetrack. Is there – I mean – I, I don't know that we've ever really – I can't remember. I mean, the snow weekend was pretty wild at yeah. Bristol, but that came yeah. and went. Right. We I don't really remember. The Texas weekend was a disaster, tough. Yeah. I remember one year in Michigan, we were there till Tuesday or Wednesday with just rain pouring all through Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember some rain delays that were oh, difficult, yeah. but this this seemed to be on next level. It was, it, it was a lot of rain in a short period of time, um, lots of flooding, and just a lot to deal with. Um, and you just have to deal with it. You know, it's just another challenge. And we have such a great, um, a great team, and we've got great relationship with all the, the community, first responders. Um, you know, the, the fire department came out and helped us to clean up the parking lots and, and the grandstands. Um, just so much great teamwork from everybody. But yeah. how does that happen? I mean, like, get, get into the weeds a little bit. Because <laughs> so when it's monsooning like it did, you got a creek overflowing. Now, I know you've got the weather situation, or the, the, the sunny forecast coming up. So you've got that, like you said, a bump stop. But what is the procedures and how involved do you get with Jerry Caldwell and Steve Swift? Do you get the team together? Do y'all sit there? Where do you go? Yeah. What do you say? I ask a lot of questions. Um, I, you know, I, I can't overstate what great confidence I have in my team. And that's, that's really what, what got us into doing a dirt race at Bristol. Um, you know, a few uh, years ago, Jerry brought up the idea to me to have a dirt race at Bristol in the spring. And I said, uh, man, I don't think so. Um, I think that might be a little bit too crazy. Wow. So and it was too crazy for you. At the time, it Ooh, was. That's crazy. And then, you know, it was it was a different time uh, a few years ago. But then a year before last, um, talked to Steve about it, talked to Jerry about it. When Steve Swift said, yeah, we can do it, you know, I've got full confidence in him and his whole team to be able to pull it off, Jerry and, and his whole team. And all I have to do is say, yes, yeah. let's do it. And, you know, there, there's some uh, some discussions and a lot of lobbying uh, we, we talked to NASCAR a good bit and huge, you know, props to NASCAR and uh, all, all the partners and all the teams involved to be able to, to pull that off. But, you know, when it's raining, the biggest thing you have to remember is we can't control the rain. We do feel responsible. I tell you, I mean, it's, it's weird. We're not responsible for the rain, but we do feel, feel responsible. Feel bad, yeah. Yeah, we feel terrible. Um, but we just know that we've got to dig in and do the very best we can with with whatever we have to deal so with. So y'all ran a dirt race at Bristol uh, with the with the uh, late models and so forth back 
15 years ago, 18 years ago, whenever that was, 2001 yep. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, why did it take so long to for this to happen again? <laughs> it was uh, so it was World of Outlaws, and it was about 20 years ago, and it took so long because it was uh, it was a big mess. I mean, it, it really it was one of those things. We did it one time. We ended up. Um, you know, Jeff Bird was president of the track at the time, and, and he said, uh, I don't know how many swimming pools we had to clean out, you know, around the community. Uh, just, you know, Whoa. Pressure, pressure washing yeah. homes. Okay, and- okay. So so, so that, that, that I didn't think about that. So <laughs> this cloud of dust and dirt. It was a lot you didn't worse have to worry for about, the outlaws. You didn't have to worry about just your property. Like you got, you know, you got neighbors complaining or oh, locals yeah. complaining. Oh yeah, you got you got to worry about that this time around. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, I don't, it, it looked it looked bad uh, at times, of course, on, on TV. But back then, we didn't have sort of the grandstands quite as high. Maybe a little bit of that. <laughs> keeping and it was just some worse. Of the dirt inside. It was just worse. We learned a lot um, yeah. on how to take care of the dirt. And you know, yesterday. We ran two races on a dirt track in, in the daytime. That's that's not normal. Not that's a great a, scenario. Yeah, it's a huge challenge. Yeah. So I think for all those things considered, the conditions were really fantastic. And if, if you watch a lot of dirt racing, you know that, that we were up a big uh, against a big challenge. So if I got a swimming pool, I'm a couple miles down the road. And my call swimming pool, <laughs> I call the track, and they're like, we got you. We're responsible. We we, uh, we feel a responsibility. I don't know. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, well, that's crazy. My, my El Camino is covered in dirt. <laughs> you boys better get down here right hey, now. Is that Amy's El Camino or yours? <laughs> that's hey, right. My wife's, yeah. I wouldn't know. Amy's I was, fine with it. I just yeah. washed mine. That's um, a good point, though. The dust, it, 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 I did see the pictures, and they, it, it does create a quite a cloud, doesn't it? It does, but I got to the track on Wednesday, and um, I was amazed at how clean everything was. Our team did such an awesome job cleaning everything up. I, I actually called ahead to, to Jerry and said, hey, I'm coming up. Um, how dirty is it? Do I need to wear <laughs> boots or anything? Because they had just finished yeah. up with late models. And uh, he said, no, it's pretty good. I got up there. I could not believe how clean everything was. Hmm. It was just amazing. I was watching from the race, and I could see the like as the race got going, like the first several rows of the grandstands oh, yeah. were getting dirtier and dirtier oh, yeah. and dirtier. Like that dust is sort of oh, yeah. getting blanketed down on the racetrack and outside yeah. of the, you know, get, you could tell it's, I was like, man, they're going to have a lot, of, a lot of work to do to get it cleaned up. But yeah. y'all got more races to go. Like we this, do. like, you know, on, after the race on Monday, that's not the end of dirt yeah. racing at Bristol this right, year. Right. We, so in a couple of weeks, we've got the Outlaws coming, and uh, that's going to be a good show. should be a lot of fun. Um, we're still selling tickets for it, and and then that will be the end of the dirt, and okay. it'll take us about you know six weeks to clean everything up. Six weeks? Yeah. That's, that's it. That, I would have thought longer. Well, so, it might be, but I mean, we think it's going to be six weeks. We started with the first loads of dirt back the first week of January, mm-hmm. so that's that that took some a lot of time, a lot of effort to uh, to put that whole track together. You were talking that there was a whole process. Dale was telling me about it, the whole process of even picking the dirt. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like, give us a little insight into that. So we had about thirty-two different sites that we sampled, and you know, when you sample it, you you take some dirt. People were sending us dirt to analyze, and you're looking at the various chemical properties of it. And um, yeah, you want just the right mix, and so that's that's what we did. Did you get? Did you learn too much about that? I mean, because I mean, I would be if if that was going on, I'd ask my guys. I mean, like, why why does the dirt matter, right? I mean, yeah. certainly 
there's a difference between sand mm-hmm. and mud. Right. But what, what <laughs> dirt is dirt, like red clay. You know, they they there are dirt tracks all over this country. And yeah. what is the pre- preference? And, oh, and man. what there were they? There's a lot of preference and a lot of opinion. Right. So everybody in dirt, you know, the the closer you are to it, I think the more expertise you have, and the more opinions you have about it. Oh yeah. Dirt is very finicky, and it's different across the country. And, um, you know, it's one of the certain people have certain opinions of of the type of dirt. Some people want the black dirt track. Some people want the red acrylate clay dirt track. Some, you know, it's a it's a really interesting thing, and it's an art. I'm not sure how much. I mean, there's a lot of science, but there's also a lot of art in it. Yeah. Was, the, was the, the problem with the World Outlaws, was it the wrong kind of dirt? I mean that seriously. Like, was that know. one of the things that made that, that, that dirt get so far out? Like maybe. It, was maybe. I mean, we, um, this, it's one of those things that you, just, you learn. So one of the things that we learned from that is that we needed to um, have this layer of sawdust to yeah. start the, the track. So the first layer, it's like a multi-layer cake. We started with sawdust. What about, made you decide to do that um, versus not doing that? Well, these aren't things that I knew about in advance. They're things that I found out about from Steve Swift and from his team. Um, so the big reason, there's two reasons. One is uh, it's, a, it's a better cleanup. So sure. that sawdust layer helps to just kind of create a barrier between the track surface and the, and the dirt. Mm. And then it also helps to retain some moisture. So um, if you... You put the sawdust down. I think we had about five or six inches of sawdust on the track, which is a lot when you scatter it over a half-mile track. Mm-hmm. And then and then the different layers of dirt. The first layer was uh, was dirt from that original Outlaws race mm. that we had stockpiled on the track property. <laughs> what? Yeah. You had this dirt sitting around for vintage 20 years? Vintage dirt. It was vintage dirt. <laughs> Never, All dirt's been hey, around That's a long why you time. keep everything, Mike. <laughs> Even dirt. <laughs> On the track property, y'all had the old dirt yeah. that you just kept? Absolutely. <laughs> did, did you, ha- because you didn't have anywhere to put it, or you thought there would be a day when we you'd want it, it again? We might need it again. And we'll take all the dirt from this race, and we'll put it on the property, and you know we'll seed it, cover it over with grass, and save it. <laughs> and care That's for hilarious. it. <laughs> yeah. And care for it. Yeah. And we'll use it again next year. You, told, you, you announced that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, there was a there was another reason why y'all put the sawdust down. You talked you talked about the cleanup, but the, the it takes care of the track surface as well. The one that the concrete. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you um, if if you don't have that surface, kind of a barrier, it just kind of seeps in to the to the surface. So um, and it's really it's a lot harder to clean up. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping though that somehow this concrete surface would not survive. <laughs> I know you're going there. <laughs> when will we know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see in a few weeks. <laughs> I can't wait yeah, to uh, yes. find out the whether the concrete has failed to survive this oh, or not. My God. All of those, all of the, all of those experts that you're getting, uh, gleaning all this information for dirt. Do you need him to talk I about do. the concrete I at need, all? I he's... need Dale to tell us some more concrete engineering. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you mean I could start calling the paving companies now and get some quotes? <laughs> okay, that's right. Just, uh, just in case, just a check, sa- sample. We got to be ready. Absolutely, you never know <laughs> if we need to get pavement in there fast. That's right. So mid middle of the race, you guys announced to everyone. So but this was kind of I wasn't there, but I can imagine this was really kind of a cool moment. I sat in your seat, by the way. Did you? Yes. Yeah. Had I was supposed pad. to go. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to go, and the weather. Well, we were going to go Sunday, and the weather yeah. was bad, right. so yeah. we ended up not going. Yeah. 
Um, and then I had something yesterday, so I couldn't go. But I hope it was a good view. I'm sure it was one of the best. It was. It was great. Um, <laughs> the race, during, they didn't have live stops, right? Um, right? So they would pull the cars down after each stage and shut the motors off. So there was sort of this intermission, kind of a neat – I yep. bet it was kind of a cool atmosphere, like a halftime. It was nice, yeah. And time I, to talk and, yeah, go I, to the concession stand. Right, and I believe that was the time when y'all decided to announce that y'all were going to run this dirt race again next year. Everybody was sitting there on social media as I was following the race saying, it's a one-time deal, nobody said anything about this happening again, it was a lot of work, I don't see them going through this process again, this is, you know, with the rain and da-da-da. Yeah. And then there y'all go in the middle of the race and drop that bomb. Yeah. Y'all hadn't heard anything from a driver after, you know, post-race. You hadn't heard really – you hadn't had a, you know, a, a fan vote right. or any kind of – you haven't checked the, checked the temperature <laughs> of the fans or there. Maybe we're, on, maybe we're on to the reason why you did it before all, they had a chance to do all that, right? <laughs> so I'm just – I was really surprised. Yeah. What a, what a time to yeah. announce something like that. What's the decision behind that? Well, at the track, when we announced it, Fans cheered. Sure. Yeah. I'm certain that it's positive. Yeah. But I just was surprised by the choice to do it then. Well, um, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's one of those things that going into this, I didn't know if we would do it again or not. Um, going into like, – To the race yesterday? No, go, going in. When did y'all um, decide, man, we're going to announce we're doing this again? When, we talked about it on um, like Saturday and Sunday when it was raining. And, um, <laughs> Wait a second. In the worst of times, yeah. Like, in the moment when you think they would be going, we're never doing this again. No you made way. the decision to do it again that late. I mean, like in this past weekend, y'all. That's when y'all made the decision well, to do I it mean, again next year. We were thinking. I was thinking, if this works, we're going to do it again. If it doesn't work, now we know. You based it though. You hadn't had a race. You're in the middle of a torrential downpour. You got flooding outside the racetrack. You based this what off of what you saw in practice and so forth. I was 99 percent sure and had everything ready to go on Sunday. And once we got the first 20 or 30 laps in, you knew it could be raced by the Cup cars. Then ready to go. That's awesome. Yeah. Isn't there a conversation with NASCAR that at least yeah. has to be had? Yeah, we talked with them, and uh, they were very supportive. And I can't say enough thanks to Steve O'Donnell and Steve Phelps and Jim France and just the whole team at NASCAR, how they have supported this. You know, they um, – and, again, that goes back to my team. I mean, I, I've got confidence in them, and it gives other people confidence in us to do some of these crazy things. I, I'm still fascinated by this. Okay, so wait a second. <laughs> Did anybody on their side go? Wait a second, Steve uh, or Marcus? We're in the middle of a of a downpour right now. What, <laughs> I mean, did anybody ask questions on the logic behind it? Because I mean, listen, I'm, we're all glad no, that I, it happened. I guess. But, but I mean, maybe some people did, but not to you. No. Wow. And so y'all just said, "Heck with it. Let's announce it during the race." Yeah, that's pretty interesting. It was uh, and and I love the cheers. I, I was talking sure. with somebody else, and it flashes up on the the big TV in the middle, and you hear this. Well, crowd I, erupt. That's cool. Think, I think the best. I mean, you could. I, there's so many positives to making the decision to make that announcement right there in the middle of the race. You got a captive TV audience, yeah, listening to those that very announcement. You got everybody that's bought a ticket at the track there, yep, to hear it as well. Um, you couldn't have had a better attention span to try to reach as many yeah. people as possible. And we've already got about five thousand tickets renewed. Yeah. Um, just in the last 24 but hours. Let me tell you what the most impressive part about this is. I mean, the announce the announcing is great, but I'm telling you, if he's making the decision 
I'm sorry, your team, you and your team, are making the decision over the weekend when all this stuff was happening. There is a there is a an insane ability to we to, to tune out the static, which is by which is absolutely going on. Wow, armchair quarterbacks. <laughs> Our own podcast, Doorbumper Clear, may have been one of them talking about how though this is what happens when you got non-dirt track people running oh, yeah. dirt races and whatever. I mean, like that conversation was going on. You guys have yeah. an ability to tune that out and make this decision like this during right. this weekend before the races even who run. Are, and who are the non-dirt track people? Well, that's a great point because Us? you got you got, got dirt, dirt track. tracks. You got dirt <laughs> tracks, right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So. So, but this is interesting. You, how do you tune out the naysayers, the devil's advocates, whatever you want to call it, to be able to reach a decision like that? I, I learned something huge when we put in the the big TV at Charlotte, big Speedway TV. That was one of the, you know, it was absolutely the biggest fan amenity in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. I mean, to have a, the biggest TV in the world put in. Where we were, you know, watching these little postage stamp uh, TVs in comparison in the infield for the fans, uh, we thought that was good. When you could have a 30-foot TV, we put in a 200-foot TV, and we had people complain about it. And at that point, I realized can't make everybody happy. And you know, we that that's when I just kind of turned it off and realized, um, you know, I I want to know what what fans think, but I also need to remember that uh, you just can't make everybody happy, and that's um, that's just part of life. Yeah. And you got to swing. you got to swing for it. If you're yeah. going to hit it, you got to swing, right? Yeah, I think so. The dirt race felt like a swing. I mean, like, even when you guys announced that you were doing it, you know, I'm pretty sure that we even go, what, what's going on here? Bristol running, putting dirt? You know, why mess up a good thing? Because y'all got it. What are you crazy? Yeah. This it, was like my idea. <laughs> this was your idea. Oh, yeah, we had – Jason, you pulled something. Is it? <laughs> hold on. Are, are we taking credit for this? It might be. <laughs> we found a clip from when Marcus was on the show in 2019 talking about Bristol Dirt. So I'm going to play that for y'all. Okay, yeah, right let's All hear right. it. <laughs> Dale's idea was to rip up the concrete at Bristol and run a dirt race yes. in cup. and the then first, The first Bristol race of the year, run the dirt race. Yeah, <laughs> and then pave it asphalt. Wait, when did he come to you with that idea? It had to be after on, driving. No, that was on the plane to Vegas. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> before we got there. Flight? Yeah, before Boy, we got there. Now that he doesn't have to drive it, <laughs> yeah. he's got all kinds of ideas. Let's do a boat race in the infield <laughs> next time, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I was down. I was for it. There you what? go. What? Good hey. job, Dale. <laughs> Dale, did you tell him to do it again next year or something? <laughs> wow, okay. Hey, Download Listeners, Supervising Producer Andrew Curlin here. Are supply chain issues still disrupting operations? Well, let me tell you, Graybar has you covered. They are the leader in distribution of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products. Professionals across the country rely on Graybar's nationwide logistics network to get them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. That's right, and they're operating with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. Let me tell you, here's what makes them different, is you know being able to effectively navigate supply chains 
to get products on site and on time is so crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game changer in keeping projects on task. So when you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running. Check out Graybar. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. I think people are talking about, you know, how much work this was. You got to put the track together, then you got to tear it apart. You guys were pretty clever in this particular instance where in 20 years ago you had a World Outlaws race and that was it, right? Right. Um, this this year you've you've got the the dirt uh, late models, the cup race, the, uh, the truck race, then you have the winged World Outlaw cars. So right. you've got like a month of racing. Absolutely, yeah. Multiple opportunities for revenue and ticket sales, and you can get a lot more bang for your buck out of the big effort to put that track together, right? That's so, true, yeah. And, and it was it, – so cool to see what happened with the late models the week uh, two weeks before i mean everybody coming to run all over the country and so to come and race bristol if you are you know in those classes that that were invited it's a pretty special opportunity so i think that's why people kind of dropped what they were doing and they came to bristol and we had 1400 cars the last two weeks uh you know before nascar yeah so um and i think coming up with the outlaws in a couple of weeks we'll have uh, a big turnout and it'll be really fun and all those people will be able to say i raced bristol right so that's pretty cool. cool where how far ahead i know y'all have announced that you're racing at bristol in the dirt next spring how far ahead beyond that it, or what is your gut feeling about the future of this racetrack so i can't i, I just I, I didn't see y'all announcing to run it again next year because of the work but i certainly have a hard time imagining you're going to alternate this year after you know this track from dirt to concrete every year going forward i think at some point you have to make a business decision to make make a choice on what the future of the track looks like so where's your gut you know i think uh so next year the the race will be on dirt and the question is what about the cars so and I don't know the new car. That, is it going to be the new car? I think it's going to be the new car. Um, you know what changes will be made? It'll be interesting. That that'll be, I think, the next part of this decision for NASCAR and the teams to think about. Uh, everybody's got thoughts on windshield, no windshield, forced air versus you know the under the car and and that kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. That, All of those things steer. The future of the track. I think it does. And the future of Bristol running dirt. I think it does. Yeah, it's a part of it, and um, you know we'll we'll kind of see how it goes. Uh, do for, you do you watch uh, the trucks at Knoxville coming yeah. up with curiosity from a business standpoint? I've watched the race. I've been there several times. Was um, you know big fan of that, and I really enjoyed it. You talked about owning three dirt tracks. I mean, do yeah. you do you think it's out of the realm of possibility to imagine taking a date to a a true purpose-built dirt track one day on the we're open side. to that we're open to that if um if it's something that um that nascar wants to do and and it it works out we'd be open to it i think um you know tony and roger have done a great job with it in eldora and kind of you know paved the way um to put the the trucks on dirt and cup on dirt yeah. and um so we'll see one of the things i think that i was most happy to see was the support from the industry about the work y'all did that's not uncommon but i think it we (laughs) i haven't ever seen it at the levels 
that, I agree. that I saw this weekend. A hundred percent. On Friday, I was blown away with the positivity from the whole NASCAR world. That yeah. was really, really encouraging. Uh, it's to, helpful. It was so helpful um, and just encouraging, you know, to, to me and our whole team, everybody was just really on cloud nine that so many drivers, so many people in the sport were saying all these positive things. It made us feel really good. And, um, you know, in spite of the rain, we felt like, you know, this is, we've got support here. And that was, uh, and, and recognizing the risks and the expense and the effort that went into it, that, that felt really good. With the new track agreements and so forth, you have mentioned a couple times in this conversation how important NASCAR is in the discussion and agreement. What is the conversation with NASCAR like when you as a track owner want to do anything different outside of, you know, what the schedule uh, is I mean you have to, I'm certain you have to go in and line up these dates and schedules but I mean you got a date at Bristol do you have to go to NASCAR and say hey we want to run dirt um, certainly you have to talk about that because of the RTA and they have to be in agreement to to want to run dirt right. everybody has to be at the table right yep, right but how much influence I mean how much of the how much of the decision is yours uh, how much of the decision is is NASCAR's and and then how much influence does the RTA have on that type of choice well we're in it together. I think that's the, the thing that has been really great about the last year. As we've gone through the, the COVID year, the sport is in a better place than ever, I think, with just working together, uh, being open to um, new ideas or different things and changes. Um, and it's, it's just been fantastic. So I, I don't feel like um, when I call – NASCAR or, or meet with with them. It's not a us versus them thing. It's it's a we thing, and that's what's making NASCAR as a sport a, a really really um, you know powerful group, and that's what's making our our sport just uh, climb higher and higher. How are you doing? You know, it's funny. You're our you're our returning champion when it comes to the show. I don't know that we've had anybody on this show more than we've had you. Do you know that? No kidding. Like uh, this has <laughs> yeah. to be the fourth time. Uh, me and Mike were talking about that. <laughs> we were last talking night. about this. So you're our returning champion, oh, and, I don't, and I don't think there's a close second. Okay. <laughs> oh, the reason I bring on. that up is because we had you on our show, albeit it was a Zoom show. When the COVID situation it was about a year ago, wasn't yeah. it? It was yeah. about a year ago. We were trying to you know figure out all this. Give us an update. Where, where are you guys as the track owners and the people that run the sport today in navigating? We're still in this uh, you know, situation a year later. Uh, certainly it's changed. Now we've got fans at the track. But you're still making these big decisions. I mean, you're making decisions to do this, all right? So just give us a kind of a status update on, on how you guys are doing with, with the, the pandemic and all that. You know, it, it's – gosh, there's so many changes, um, and we have been – just sort of rolling with the punches, you know, you've got different rules and regs in different states and counties and cities. And that, that's been a, a big thing to deal with for the whole sport. I mean, from the beginning of the, uh, of the COVID, you know, shutdown, we had, we talked about, it, I think last time we had to figure out how to get the, the shops back open mm -hmm. in, in Mecklenburg, Cabarrus County and, um, Iredale, and that was that was a big challenge. So, um, and we we couldn't race if the teams can't go back to work. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we we worked on that. Then being able to get back to the track, working with all of our healthcare uh, partners, um, and and the 
all the different groups to be able to get back racing was our, our primary goal. And I think because we worked together, NASCAR was able to get back on track sooner than anybody. And that, that was a big thing. So as we go forward, uh, you know, we've had to make changes, different tweaks to um, our, our standard event policies. And a lot, of, um, a lot of people aren't quite ready to get back to a, a major event yet. And that's understandable. Like, like fans or like government? A little bit of both. Okay. Uh, fans, uh, sponsors, government entities, some are in, some are not in okay. yet. That's fair. And there's been just kind of a slow migration back to normal. And we're not back there yet, but we're getting closer. And that's, that's helping us. We had um, 36,000 tickets sold for Bristol. And, um, you know, that's, a, that's the biggest crowd, um, you know, really since, since a year ago. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And you, you foresee that progressing and uh, in, in, in growing that? I do. You know, with uh, different regulations, you know, the, the three feet versus six feet, uh, different states allowing for different capacity levels, uh, it'll continue to, to grow. And as more people get vaccinated, and it's not just about policies, it's also about, about, about how people feel and that they feel safe. And, and we're doing a lot to make sure that people feel safe. We're doing a lot of cleaning. We're doing a lot of um, uh, just things to help people feel good about coming to an event. I guess this next big idea has to be the fairgrounds, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we want to talk about Nashville Fairgrounds. Me and you went to, together. You, you were nice enough to take me along the latest trip up there to uh, see the mayor. Uh, the mayor signed a letter of intent. And uh, we had a great conversation with him. We got to visit the racetrack itself, and uh, I, we just spent a great day just discussing a, uh, one of my favorite places. So it was a really good time. Uh, you seem really happy with the results of that trip. Yeah. And um, but we haven't spoke a lot about it since then. Personally, what I understood when we left Nashville was the mayor basically saying, "All right, now go back and put together a plan." That I can that you can show me, and that right. I can that I can get everyone here in Nashville to get on board with. So, right. um, just curious as to where you guys are, or what progress has been made. Sure. So, uh, so since we met, and thanks again for going up there with me. That was that was great, and um, we we met with the the governor and the mayor, and Dale took some pictures with a bunch of people, and uh, <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, but the mayor, you know, was was kind enough to give us a, a letter of intent, and since then we've had multiple meetings with uh, with people on the project, fine tuning different uh, plans that go along with the the whole project, and um, so and and then simultaneously working on you know a final agreement that would have us uh, manage the the construction and and renovations, and then operate the the facility. So. It's uh, it's in progress, and it's uh, it's a good thing we're moving closer. Yeah. Why did you take Dale? Well, because I wouldn't stop begging. It it was <laughs> it was great. So I he and I talked I about Nashville many times, as you know, and um, <laughs> so when 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 he tweeted, <laughs> I think you're right. I could tell it's what in. when he tweeted uh, that he was involved in the uh, the IndyCar thing. I, I texted him. I said, I can't believe you're you're promoting without me. And, uh, and then we, we talked and he said, I told you I would, I want to help. I'll come up anytime. And he said, you let me know. And whenever you want to go to Nashville, I'll drop whatever I'm doing and, and I'll go. And, um, and I said, okay. And like the next week I called you and said, 
next week, Thursday, lunch with the mayor. And Dale said, I'm in, in within five minutes. Was that meeting on the books already when Dale had said that? Or did no. you arrange that meeting after Dale said that? As soon as we hung up uh, <laughs> and he said, uh, I'll go. Uh, that's when I started working on the meeting. And, you know, the mayor was able to clear his schedule pretty quick. And um, so that, that worked out great. And Dale responded really quick. And on the airplane there, he said, when I hung up, I told Amy, Marcus is going to call me, and, and I'm going to have to drop what I'm doing and, and go. And so uh, I really appreciate that. Well, yeah, I don't so think you great. understand the history that y'all made by that right there. I mean, Dale Jr. is not going to tell Amy that, I'm look, <laughs> I don't care. I'm going. That's, that's an impressive feat. Now, what was his role? Uh, I know what he says his role was. He was the closer. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Let's stop. Well, well, I mean, it's okay if his role was to smile and be Dale Jr., but well, was it, what, what was his role? I mean, I'm sure you talked about it on the plane, right? I don't know. We just, uh, I mean. I was a feel good. That's what I'm saying. If, yeah. if you were he just was a, great. He was, I was great. There to warm, I was there to keep things nice and warm. It's a perfect, you know what? You did. And uh, it, it was a perfect <laughs> compliment to the whole situation. Governor and all, all the governor's staff was happy to see Dale. And um, <laughs> they were like, who are you? Hi, Dale. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So there yeah, you go. It, it, yeah. he, he brought a little bit of a, if nothing, if nothing else, an icebreaker and in, in no, people to feel comfortable. No, honestly, uh, just Dale's feedback and, and insight in the meeting, kind of lending the credibility that, you know, this is important for NASCAR, I think really helped a lot. So it was, it was great. He, he said you guys were high-fiving each other is that right like he told me that y'all were really excited now i don't know if yeah. that kind of emotion I, is what you want out there in the public but i but for real great you, i'm super excited you about it we're that excited about it i've been working on it for three years so yeah i'm excited i'm really excited about it i'm i'm optimistic i'm you know i just think it is a great fit for nascar um you know this the the fairground speedway is in nashville and that that's just really unusual. I mean, to, to take a NASCAR venue, a NASCAR event, into a venue that's two miles from City Hall, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, talking to you about uh, – we talked about this on the way there. There's a lot of community con- you know, concerns and people around – people live near the track and all that. When they hear about what we did in the meeting we had with the mayor, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the – community thinks more racing right more right more noise more, great point right yeah and so when i had and we me and you discussed those concerns before we ever got to nashville mm-hmm. so, so i know that it's top of mind for you i know that right. it's uh one of the priorities in 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 the whole process of of fixing the track up is to make sure the community's happy with everything right. but um we talked about that one of the things that i understood by the end of the day, was that short track racing, as we know it at Nashville, wouldn't go anywhere. All the things that are happening there that, that people enjoy about Nashville, as far as a short track, late model, super late model sort of venue, would all remain. Uh, but you guys would clean the schedule up as far as the week-to-week practice, open practice. Like right now, anyone can call the track and go drive laps and be there all day from 8 to 5 just humming around that racetrack, right? Right, right. You guys would have a little bit more uniformity. So there would actually be, even with a NASCAR component, less days 
there would be a much cleaner schedule that even the community would be aware of and understand. Right. Uh, is that not true? Yeah. So the, the fairground speedway is right next to this new Major League Soccer stadium that's under construction currently. It is, it, it's, a, it's a really unique and special part of town, and it's, it's in the community. So the venue, this is a, a big deal, the venue is already, it already belongs to the people, and it's, it's been the Nashville fairgrounds for, for a long, long time, for decades. And so our, our vision is to restore it to a, a, the kind of venue that the community can enjoy Everything from a NASCAR weekend to a music festival, uh, Christmas shows in, in the holidays, uh, the state fair, of course, and, and all sorts of events. So, you know, Nashville is an event town, and that, that facility needs to be brought up to, you know, the, the standards that it needs to be today to host a lot of events. And it's not just racing. Uh, we do this at our, at our Speedway in Las Vegas, where... You know, twice a year now we host NASCAR events, but 50 other weeks out of the year we're hosting everything from a construction expo to a music concert, car shows, um, you know, driverless car exhibitions, all sorts of, of special events there. And uh, we think that the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway can be this this events venue that complements everything that goes on in Nashville. But a lot of the a lot of the modernization of the racetrack if you were to get the contract would be, a lot of that would go toward sound mitigation and and doing things to right. improve the experience for the community yeah. on the race sound weekends. and a lot of the things you don't see like plumbing and electrical yeah. and uh, just a lot of good safety things as well so yeah one of the other things i learned about going on this trip that was interesting to me is when i up until i mean you've been working on it for three years during those three years the only thing that i had in my mind was soccer stadium, racetrack. But when I saw the property, it there's like you say there's way way more involved. It's a much more complex property than just the racetrack and just a soc- soccer stadium. There's right. a community park component. Right now there's currently even a dog park on the par- on the property. Mm-hmm. But I mean it, it there'll be Fair. shopping and and uh small so, small, you know, retail and things like that some housing is going to be there some right. uh, you know high rise housing yeah i was really impressed because i i'd always envi- i'd had it in my mind that it and i think a lot of people may as well that just that have heard this con you know listened in on this conversation for the last several years that it was soccer stadium racetrack and nothing you know no one knew how right. much more complex this entire property is yeah well it just nashville's growing so much and so fast as as the the city grows that way um, you know, we have a lot of neighbors, and we want the the whole facility to be a place that all the neighbors can enjoy. And you know, it's, NASCAR is part of it, but it's certainly not, you know, just a NASCAR facility. It is it's an events facility that will serve the the, the whole community in Nashville. One of the interesting things about the relationship would be that you wouldn't own the facility; you would basically just be the promoter. And that brings me to, is that similar to basically how you're operating at Circuit of Americas? Um, it's close. It's close. Um, Circuit of the Americas, we have um, a lease on the facility for a certain time, and it's a short window to host the NASCAR race. Compared to the Nashville Fairgrounds, we'll be operating the facility 
for the fair board and the city uh, you know, for 10 years. For a longer plus. period of time. Yeah. But it's a similar thing where you're not at, you don't actually own the dirt, but you're, Correct. you know, it's, it's a, it's a major business opportunity for you as a. When my dad first uh, ran his first race, it, back then the way that promoters uh, ran races is you would lease the track and you would, you would get a date and you would lease the track and then you would promote that date at that, that location. So what we're doing in Circuit of the Americas is kind of like it used to be done back in the 50s. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting to me. I got, let me ask you something about Nashville. Uh, so you just answered a couple of my questions, and one was, is the state fair still there? And if it is, I would assume you're having to deal with state or fair boards, and you just said you are. Fair board owns that property, right? Right. That's a whole different set of, I won't call it complications, just say circumstances dealing with fair boards, right? I mean, there's so many fair ground speedways over America since the 20s and 30s. Yeah. And th- there are not a lot of them out there anymore. That's true. That's uh, true. What, is it, why is that? What happened? And, and, and is it yeah. because of the, the whole situation with fair boards? And how, do you, how are you going to navigate that? Well, I think we're bringing um, events to that venue that will help pay the bills to renovate it. You know, so absent, you know, our, our big events like NASCAR weekend, you really don't have the revenues to, to afford to, to upgrade it. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be, you know, providing a lot of revenue to the, to the fairgrounds that will help finance all those, um, all those upgrades. And, and so it, maybe this is something that will happen elsewhere, but I, I think, to answer your question, why uh, is that there haven't been a lot of these things where you really create revenue at fairgrounds um, that's significant enough. Today, it's just a lot of, of money to keep up these facilities. It's real expensive. You've answered the question. You're, you're helping pay for the upgrades or you're paying yeah. for the upgrades, which is in their best interest. And you're making a bet that this is this is a bet you're going to make. You're going to help uh, you know create this outdoor events venue not just the racetrack, but the outdoor events venue to, with the anticipation you're going to you know, get a return on that, right? Is that fair? We think it's going to be good for us and good for the people in Nashville uh, because we're bringing revenues that haven't been there in a long, long time. And I think that will be good for uh, all of us. One more last thing on Nashville. There's a deadline. Yes. What de- what's the deadline? July 21st? Uh, yeah, sometime this summer. Okay. What does that mean? What 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 is the deadline? It just means we got to get a contract, an, an actual contract done. An LOI uh, is a letter of intent mm-hmm. to do a contract. So we're in the process of finalizing the contract, and we'll finalize that, and we'll keep moving forward. Is that con- just getting the contract finalized? Is th- that's beating the deadline? Yes. Yeah. We're, we're in the process right now. I think it, I feel good about it and feel like we're, um, you know, we're on the same page. Coda, Atlanta. What, how does he, who keeps your schedule? I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, really, I, I have good I, help. Good help. You gotta have good help, but that's, yeah. that's a token answer. I mean, what really, I don't know how you keep all these irons in the fires. Uh, you know, I just have such confidence in my team. Uh, and, I've got great people around me that um, I know that if if I have an idea, I'll, I'll talk with them about it. And if they say we can do it, I have full confidence in that. And I, I think it's um, – I was thinking about that yesterday, just about how um, there's the, the monumental effort of the, the dirt in Bristol and that, um, you know, why, why people 
think that it's uh, maybe crazy of me to, to do that, but it's not just me. I, I just have this confidence in my team to be able to, um, to make it happen. Hey everyone, Dirty Mo Media President Mike Davis here. Excited to tell you about one of our newest sponsors at Dirty Mo, Airbnb. The irony here is that Airbnb is new to Dirty Mo Media, but Dirty Mo Media is not new to Airbnb. It has been accommodating us for years. And if you are a race fan, and I think you are, you know why. I mean, you've booked hotels at, uh, during a race weekend. They're, the prices are insane. You're stuck with these unreasonable multi-night minimums. Whereas Airbnb, you got many choices, all within proximity, and it ends up being way more affordable. Now, I'm not only a frequent Airbnb guest, but my wife and I are also Airbnb hosts. And you should be too. We've been doing it for years. I'll tell you why. We have an investment property that we realized it could be earning additional income through Airbnb. You don't have to have an investment property to do that. You could just find extra space in your home. That works too. It all could be making you some extra cash. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about or get you, give you a chance to explain uh, was when people heard Bristol Motor Speedway was going to Nashville to try to acquire an opportunity to race at that fairgrounds. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just assumed, oh, no, Bristol's going to lose – Have to Bristol will have to give up something to get something, right? Right, right. And I think that's a misconception. You're basically – and I'll let you get into this, but it's my understanding that you're just tasking – Bristol Motor Speedway as an entity to be responsible for this project. Right, right. Yeah, Jerry and and uh, and his crew have done a really good job of just staying on it. Uh, they're closest to Nashville. I get over there quite often uh, with Jerry, but he is over there, you know, a lot more than I am, and uh, and so that that's how we're handling. But it. Bristol wouldn't give up a date if Nashville. If you no. got if if everything goes great with the fair board, you yeah. got a renovated racetrack. How are you going to find a date for Nashville? We'll, we've got some ideas. I don't have that ready to, to talk about yet, sure. but we've definitely got some ideas on how we can uh, bring a date there. All right. Yeah. Well, we tried. That, we, 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 we were going to crack the shell, see if one, we can get it open. One, but it didn't get it one open. more hard shell I think we're going to have today is Atlanta Motor <laughs> Speedway. So, you know, we got a, I got this little picture that came off of the Internet of Atlanta Motor <laughs> Speedway and a giant casino and all kinds of other know, stuff. Look at that. Water park. That. And it's cool. Is that what we're building, Marcus, right there? Is that what we've got going on? This Absolutely. Top? Okay. Five roller coasters and this and another. Yeah. Big concert venue. You know, I got excited when I first saw this. I think it was about a year and a half ago because the racetrack's an oval. Uh, there's no, there's no trioval, but um, you, you noticed. I quickly learned that that was just a very loose rendering of a possible future expansion for Atlanta Motor Speedway. He did ask about that. I did. Oh, I, I, guarantee, I guarantee you, he asked about that. Marcus will yeah. not hire me because he knows that I just go go bonkers. No, man, um, I'm gonna have to hire you to re, re, help promote yeah, races. I'd be, I'd be digging up all those racetracks. Um, <laughs> Golly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, watch this. You sure you don't need somebody to just yeah. dig oh up all the work gosh. y'all done all, all over the years? <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm sure there's hey, a lot Mark, of Marcus, don't come to Texas for a couple months. Man. <laughs> I got it. Let's let me uh, right. um, <laughs> so anyhow, I mean, what can you tell us about Atlanta? There's been conversations and, and rumblings and uh, rumors. Of, and I know that even the Atlanta Road Speedway racetrack handle has uh, commented on this. So it kind of, you know, kind of ties you guys to – you know, to, to, to being able to come on here and talk to it a little, talk about it a little sure. bit, but. Oh yeah. Speaking of that, you, you said you were going to send me notes about today, right? 
And I didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, he went. He went to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I know. I he saw. even put it out publicly. He didn't ever see it. I was, was going to get yeah. around to it. And Scott I Cooper sent me a note. And said Dale said y'all are going to talk about these things tomorrow. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess he's going to. Maybe this is There's his note. note. <laughs> <laughs> so what can you tell us about Atlanta? Like what's is. I, when I see this rendering, I think Kansas Speedway and and hmm. a lot of the you know there's yep. been a few tracks that have just basically developed a town right yeah. there on that property where there was nothing right. Um, and Atlanta is sort of out in the middle of nowhere. It has been for years. That hasn't been a problem. But I think yeah. to uh, you know to for this track to survive going forward, for the track to to have, to be as great as you guys want it to be, you're looking at components to add to the facility. Yep. Uh, so tell us about it. So. Atlanta is coming south to the Speedway, you know, just the growth, the growth of that. The growth of the city. Oh, it's huge. Um, and the state of Georgia is considering uh, the possibility of gaming and, and allowing for a destination resort to, to happen in the state. It would, uh, it would take some, some work in the legislature. It would take a constitutional amendment. Um, and, and those things are, you know, are being discussed. And we think that if it's going to happen, that Atlanta Motor Speedway would be a great place for a destination resort like this. And and Kansas Speedway has done a phenomenal job with it. Like you mentioned, they've got um, so many things around the, the Speedway, and they've really created a neat hub of, of hospitality and tourism there. Uh, we think we can do something really similar in Atlanta. And, um, you know, that's, that's the goal. I think... Um, you know, we, we've got a lot of work to do until then. Ed Clark, former, he just retired, but he's been president of Atlanta Motor Speedway for 30 years. He's, uh, I've, I've got him still working, and <laughs> he's doing a great job on that to um, uh, to help us try to steer that ship and get us to um, to be able to, to do something like that. Atlanta Motor Speedway is one of my favorite racetracks on the schedule. Um, it went from two dates traditionally for years, decades to one date, back to two dates this year. Yeah. How does that happen? So, you know, a lot of it was just decision-making around COVID. We had, um, we had, we shifted the all-star race from Charlotte to Texas. We shifted a date to Coda, uh, which was a new venue for us. And we had to figure out how to um, navigate the various laws and rules and regs. And at the time, Kentucky was, was, a challenge for us with the, uh, the restrictions. And mm. so when we were making decisions about the schedule, we had to have, you know, as sure of a schedule as we could. And at the time, Kentucky wasn't, um, wasn't as sure as we needed it to be. So, uh, we knew Georgia would allow us to, uh, to host events and to host with people. So we, we decided to put two dates, uh, there at Atlanta. So that's, you're, you're the one that can influence, that happening like yeah. you, you can't race here you can i'm gonna go race here and everybody falls in line everybody uh, being not, not the industry right oh uh, yeah i mean we talked about with nascar it was a great you know conversation and um you know thought about how does tv you know factor in here that's just the whole thing yeah. and just to have that assurance but when nascar decided we're not going to go to california at the beginning of the season we're going to stay two weeks in daytona that was you know part of the thinking that we may not be able to go to California in the early part of the season. So I, I thought those were just kind of game time decisions sure. that we had to make. We couldn't make it, you know, a month out or two months out. We had to really plan the schedule, um, you know, back last summer when we did. The All-Star Race has been at Charlotte for a long time. There's been conversations about 
it'd be cool if it were here. It'd be cool if it were here, right? Yep. That's been going on for, you know, a decade or so, but you guys have been steadfast. It stayed at Charlotte, and but now it's moving. Like, how hard was that decision for you, and how what, – what was the conversation like? Was there any al- other alternatives discussed about where this all-star race would go or could go? Sure. And, yeah. um, and how did you guys land on Texas? We talked about um, – a lot of opportunities, a lot of different ideas. Um, Coda was kind of the the catalyst to see that move happen. When we um, when we went to Coda and we we got that that uh, lease deal done, we decided, you know, how do we how do we handle Texas Motor Speedway if we got a date at Coda? And it just worked out that uh, you know the right move was to take All Star to Texas, and it wasn't my first you know thought on it we just had to really get out the the whiteboard so to speak and and think about ideas and start to move the puzzles around and and that's what we landed on and i think it's going to be a lot of fun uh you know i think our camping is sold out if not almost sold out in in coda and um people are excited about all-star in texas and you know not making everybody happy but that's again you know not going to (laughs) happen so um but I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. I remember a couple of years ago when Coda first kind of came onto the map, Eddie Gossage being pretty hard hardcore about <laughs> there's oh, only yeah. one cup race in Texas, and oh, it's yeah. here at Texas Motor Speedway. Yep. So yep. how does that how does that <laughs> transition happen to where, yeah. you know, because Eddie's very, you know, uh, territorial or, sure. or, you know, very protective of what he's got there at Texas sure. Motor Speedway. You guys own the racetrack. How does all that transition from never, never to yeah. to to what we have today? Are you guys well? So Marshall Carlson with Hendrick mm-hmm. called me up one day. We're friends, and we 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 go back to high school football together, and, and we, so we um, got great great friendship together. And he called me one day and said, "Hey, would you be interested in going to Coda? And you know, what do you think about this idea?" And I said, "Yeah, that'd be." That'd be cool. Let's go check it out. So um, Marshall gets the credit for making that intro happen. Interesting. And we um, went down, visited with um, Bobby Epstein and Rad Weaver, and talked about the idea. It took a while to get it together. You know, I, I felt like you think about the way that road course racing has gone from why are we on road courses to I like road courses, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and and Austin, the market that it is, the facility is a first class facility. Amazing. All those things kind of combined that uh, felt like I think I think this is a good idea. When uh, I'm going all over the place, all over the place <laughs> here, but when when so they're in Fontana, you know they're talking about taking this racetrack and reconfiguring it, right? Yeah. You don't own the racetrack, but how is do you do you have any influence or involvement or, or assistance you talk about how it's everybody's in this together mm-hmm. just i guess what are your thoughts about making the such a you've made major changes to your own racetracks in the past this is be sure. a, this is, i mean this will be a pretty big undertaking oh yeah what influence or support or help do you put forth towards something like that uh any support that we can give uh we i've, I've said you know to um uh, to Steve Phelps, Jim, Lisa, if we can help, just let us know. Uh, they know that I'm a, a phone call away on anything like that. They, somebody may have already called Steve Swift uh, to talk about it. I don't know. I think it's a really cool idea. 
and you know to to have a short track on the west coast is pretty cool something um, we've needed for years yeah yeah absolutely yeah. in fact when my dad bought sonoma back in what 96 97 um his plan was to build a, a west coast bristol yeah um <laughs> not too far away from it but he felt like this road course is, is so beautiful. It's in yeah. a great location. Let's just leave it here. Brings up another question. I know. I did. <laughs> so, it we, the you know, there, was, uh, there was a great conversation on social media throughout the weekend about how beautiful Sonoma is, particularly this time of year. Yeah. Uh, when everything's green. Right. You got all this rain happening at Bristol. Does it, do you, are you at all, even just a tiny bit, influenced by those type of conversations going on out in the world? about, man, this would be great to race in Sonoma this time of year and Bristol in that time of year and this, that, and other. Well, this time of year in Sonoma is called the rainy season. Oh, it's just as bad out there. <laughs> so we, um, you know. Because we, what, it rains once a, once or twice a month? It, no, it rains quite Does a bit. it rain bit. a lot? That's why really? it's so green. Really? Yeah, yeah. It man. rains quite a bit. I, wonder so. how, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. How often are we in California? Well, I know, but you just don't assume that it rains too often. Then. Yeah. You know, well, not... it does in Seattle. I mean, so like the West Coast. Well, maybe it it's a there. West Coast. I think it's just kind of the weather pattern in that area, and I think that's part of what yeah. makes it good for growing grapes. I would love to go out to Sonoma and race with all that green. Well, I would too, and it's not something that I'm opposed to. Maybe one day we will. It's, it's stark and almost, you know, <laughs> it's interesting seeing comparisons it's of what so the track looks like. Yeah, so dry when we go out in the summer. Yeah. No and it's grass. lush and gorgeous right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, since you can run a road course with rain tires, maybe we'll will one day. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Another that question. was part of the conversation. It's like <laughs> yeah. if it does rain, they can just run in the rain. Yeah. You brought up your dad. You've, you've rolled out quite uh, ambitious ideas, dirt racing. You know, like, has he had an opinion on any of these? Do you ever ask him what he thinks? <laughs> Does he ever speak up and say, hey, what are you, uh, what are you, what are you thinking? This isn't going to work? Um, well, yes. He does? <laughs> yes. He. Um, <laughs> I mean, I want to make my dad proud. You know, he's got an amazing reputation. Sure. And uh, look at, at his amazing career and the Hall of Fame and everything. Um, so... And and I, I tell you, he, for the kind of person he is, when he put me in charge, he really kind of just said, "Go," yeah. you know. And uh, and it was, that's been really really neat to see his confidence in me over the years. And so I can tell you that he wasn't really crazy about the Roval um, <laughs> until it was successful um <laughs> until it was successful yeah that sounds like everybody and right. uh and I, and I heard what the king said about dirt, dirt on racing, bristol yeah. what did he say well it was that the thing the funny thing about that conversation not to interrupt your thought <laughs> yeah marcus but uh richard petty said he wasn't didn't think it was a great idea and that conversation and that quote came from last year oh it did yeah it was an oh, old I'm glad quote. you told me that i didn't know yeah that. it was not like he popped up on the scene this gotcha. weekend and said what are we doing here this is terrible that's a good um, point. I, I didn't realize that. It was. So the article, looking at the date on the article, I believe it was from October of 2020 when uh, this was all being discussed. Hey, gotcha. what about a dirt race at Bristol? Gotcha. And he's, he, like a lot of people at the time, were very skeptical. Yeah. And uh, But I was curious if you were to ask him if he'd give you the, I doubt he'd give you the same answer. Yes. I bet you're right. Thursday, I bet you're right. Thursday or Wednesday. He was, um, I know he was, he was up in Bristol this weekend and, um, you know, they, they, uh, I think he had fun. Yeah, um, I'm sure he did. Yeah. But um, my dad kind of had a similar opinion, you know, that... About the dirt? Yeah. Okay. Because we moved, 
you, know, you moved on from dirt, and dirt's a lot of work. And and I would not recommend it, you know, every weekend. I wouldn't recommend it for more than one weekend, to be honest with you. It's um, it's a big challenge. Expand on that. I just you wouldn't recommend dirt to happen more than once in the cup schedule. I mean that that's my that's my thought, and not just because it's ours, but because we started on this in January. <laughs> you know, and it took all of January, February, and March to get it done. And then we'll be working on cleaning it up for the next six weeks. So it's not a small undertaking. And also the unpredictability of dirt, it's just really finicky. And, you know, that's why tracks are paved, right? Tra- pavement is kind of a... Predictable one. It's, it's, it's an advancement over dirt. And I think that's um, like all parts of racing, you advance, but it's really fun to take a step back in history and to just, you know, go at it uh, again. I like the idea of there being a dirt race on the schedule and it matter. It'd be for points, not an exhibition. I'm for now, uh, agree with you that it should be this one select event um knowing nascar they'll if it's a good thing they're gonna <laughs> give us a lot of it why one of the questions that i saw from some of the fans when i told them that you were going to be on the show that i liked and wanted to ask you and you just kind of gave me an opportunity is why not instead of take uh do the work that it takes to get bristol ready and then clean bristol up for the next event to be concrete why not go either build a purpose a purpose-built racetrack for that cup series or take an, an old track and, you know, renovate it to be that, that one dirt race track, you know, mm-hmm. would it not make more financial sense? I suppose if we're going to have our dirt race to have a dedicated facility that has all the bells and whistles that we need as a cup series, uh, that you wouldn't have to dig up and replant every yeah. year. It, so in short, it would actually not work financially. Um, you know, we, to, to, to build a facility, and you're talking about over $100 million to build a facility that is it's not as good as Bristol. Um, so, and if you went to an existing dirt track that's, um, you know, a half mile, that's a possibility. But, um, you know, for us, our track is Bristol. And if we're going to have a dirt track um, and run cup on dirt, it's going to be Bristol. Hands down. <laughs> Hands down. Yeah. I guess. What's, what can you tell us about the financial responsibility to, to transfer in Bristol? I mean, how is it challenging financially to do that? Because it seems like to me that it's impossible. I well, don't know how y'all do it. I, know, I physically yeah. know because y'all have explained it, and it's hard work. Yeah. But financially, it must be a massive risk. It is, I mean, it's millions um, of dollars to be able to convert the track and and run it, but to me, doing the same thing that we've always done is also a risk. So, you know, to to do something different is um, it's a risk. It's a big investment. Um, it might work. It might not work. We we kind of knew that going into it, but uh, you know, to if you don't risk it. You just never know. 
And what, what determines if it works? What, what is it? The return well, on... Part of it's the financial success. Part of it is uh, the, the event success. Was it fun? Did people enjoy it? Um, you know, did enough people enjoy it, maybe? And, um, and I think we, um, you know, we, we had great, a great uh, financial success because we sold out uh, all of our tickets. Um, we had great sponsorship success. Our sponsors were happy. Um, the television partners were happy. We had a few teams that were happy, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and we had we had a lot of fans that were happy with it. So um, all those things, you know, kind of add up to um, to a successful event. But but you could have you would have had fans if it was not dirt. I mean, you would have had fans, right? So like, yeah, but it, it like, was, where do you make the money back if 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 the fan? You certainly weren't able to fill up your 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 track with fans because of everything that's the restrictions but like what had to happen for it to be a success i think we by putting dirt on bristol we created a buzz that would not have been there had we not it would have just been another bristol race mm-hmm. and that publicity and notoriety uh is beneficial to the whole sport and and so you know, for NASCAR was one of the most talked about subjects over the last week in the whole yeah. country. It was on the Today Show this morning. Yeah, and that that's a that's a, a big plus for the whole sport, not just us. And if it's good for the whole sport, it's good for us. Hmm. All right. I bet you that we'll be sitting at this table five years from now, and you will have a dirt two dirt races at Bristol. The concrete will be dug up, <laughs> and it'll be a full-time facility Ooh. running dirt races. Is both. this your just? This is your next attempt to get that concrete dug up? I just will be surprised. <laughs> no, I'll just be surprised if you keep switching it back and forth. And I don't think you'll quit on the dirt. All right. All I think right. you're gonna. I think you're gonna get near back. Keep to, that tape. I think that, that you, I believe I believe that you're gonna get back to becoming one of the most difficult tickets to get. I think that you're gonna enjoy having that month of racing where you have all of the different series coming through there, it's going to be a great way to tie the two d- disciplines together because there's a bit of a, you know, uh, the, the dirt and the pavement crowd are not always kind of on the same page. No, no. Right? It's, and I think it's yeah. a great way f- to, to bring them together. Yeah, and that's right. It is. It really is. Um, yeah. And so look at all the cup guys that ran in the world, the, the late models, late models yeah. and all that could, all that that's cool. great, right? Yeah, I agree. And I think you guys will, like you say, if you can find a way to be the one dirt race, I think you'll, you'll go ahead and go all in and just convert the track completely. <laughs> that's a, that's a fun game. A Where will, what will Marcus be doing in five years? I mean, uh, you, t- I think you got to go more than that. Like he, he guy's gonna be racing on the moon by then. I mean, it's, it's honestly, there's too uh, many, there's, he's got irons in the fire and every, this is why you're on the show so much. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's why we have to get him back. Uh, uh, because, but in five years, my goodness. All right. So five years, one. we need a roof on Bristol. All right, that That'd was another good. thing. I was watching the race. <laughs> there you go. Looking at some aerial shots. You talked about the roof with me on the trip to Nashville. What? And I said, why? You know, why would you? Well, he's like rain, and and you know, I'm thinking that. Well, the the fume, the noise, the fumes, this and that and other. And he's like, we got it. Yeah, no problem. We got it covered. <laughs> so this, like, think about look at like the pictures I saw aerial wise of the race this weekend in the dirt cloud. If you do if you do a roof, can you still God, do dirt? Got, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, so the sun baking the dirt 
is what makes the it. Dust. Yeah, that that takes the moisture out. You think so, it'll hold moisture better and be better dirt track? Absolutely. In so how shade. do you put a roof over something like that? Well, here's where I would start: is we hung the biggest center hung television over the top of Bristol. I mean, that thing is massive to hang that. They uh, call it the Colossus TV. Yes. It, it is huge. The the cables are as big as my leg. I mean, they are huge. And um, the engineering feat was fantastic. And that, when I saw it, all done uh, for the football game um, mm-hmm. a while back. And I thought, man, if we can hang this TV, I bet we could put a roof on this place. And so you know, a roof has been talked about before, but now that we've done... The TV, it just kind of gives me confidence that maybe we could could do a cover. A cover. See, that's yeah. a better word for it. A cover. Roo- when I think roof, oh. people think we need an joists umbrella. and all kinds <laughs> Shingles. of... Shingles. Yeah. We need an umbrella. We you just need to umbrella. prevent the yeah. rain from ruining the day. And the technology's there. I think so. Yeah, yeah those big uh, cables and the tensile material that they use. Uh, it, you know, they, they've covered big structures before. Yeah, they have, haven't they? Yeah. Like... <laughs> That that uh, Montreal, that old stadium they had, it was kind of a... Look at his wheels turning. Oh, yeah. D- this is blowing my mind. <laughs> Have you gone around and talked about roofing Bristol anywhere else? Because this is news. I mean, this is like, hey. That was one thing we had a conversation about I didn't tell you. There you go. We broke the news. Yep. What else y'all talk about on these airplanes? <laughs> That's probably a takeoff. What did y'all do when you get in the air? I mean, you guys, <laughs> yeah, this, 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 this is the sh- next big show is oh, flying with Marcus. Yeah. Pod- podcast <laughs> yeah. on a plane. Yeah, flying with Marcus. Oh, That's man. the next yeah. show. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. I got two things. One, on the the last podcast, you were talking about Noah yeah. being reckless and careless. <laughs> yes. I thought he was just very precise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. he backed up. He didn't hit anybody. Yeah. got in his box. And, you know, it created a little dust up, but... That was good driving. You, you liked it. I thought okay. it was good. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I talking about it, and it's interesting to hear that from you. So when I saw <laughs> it, I went, I cringe, right? Yeah. Because I'm like, I know what's coming. You know, everybody's going to go, well, he did it on purpose. Right. He's an <laughs> or whatever. Excuse my, excuse my <laughs> French. But, and I cringed and thought, man, I wish he what, wish he didn't do that. Wish he didn't do that. I wish he wasn't as care, you know, more careful, whatever. Right. Uh, but it's it, I've been interested to hear the people that have said just what you said, like Brad Keselowski on Fox uh, yeah. Race Hub, a couple other people that went your way that I didn't think would go that way. Well, I, 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 my mind got changed when Noah posted the video from his camera. <laughs> that's and what I heard as well from NASCAR on their decision not to find him was they were influenced a lot by that. I by showed that it evidence. to Mike Helton. I showed it to Mike. We're, we were um, I saw him. I don't know, the next day. And I said, did you see this video that Noah posted? And showed him, he's like, oh, I guess it's not what I thought it was. So yeah. I don't know if that weighed into it. But I just thought there he was. And I, I'm a, I love Daniel Hemrick. I mean, he's, he's a great guy. And, um, but he did get in the Noah's box, like, yeah. halfway. So um, The other thing, yeah. too, no, no, not to put this, you know, 
not to blame Daniel for what happened, what Noah did, but when Daniel backed up, he didn't back up all the way. Well, that's true. He was kind of he was kinda, he, when he backed up, he got into his stall good enough for his yeah. crew to pit the car, but he was still a little bit forward in his stall. Yeah. Uh, they're very tiny stalls to begin with. Yeah, things so, are just intense, and I thought. So maybe yeah. you know, when y'all go do some bigger stalls, bigger bigger pit stalls, yeah, bigger pit stalls, you got some. <laughs> you be, yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what we forgot to ask him? I, you said two things. You got another thing. You good? What, what you, was your other thing? North Wilkesboro. Oh, what? I just want to let you know that we haven't forgotten about North Wilkesboro. We haven't given up on it. What? What does that even mean? What? Yeah, it whoa. just means that there, we're the wheels are turning. I'm always. thinking we're we're working on it. No promises, no promises, but we yeah. have not forgotten about it. Yeah. That's the big message. Man, I don't know that that what? ain't the biggest thing that you said in this <laughs> this conversation at the table. <laughs> and I know you don't want – there's no promises. There's no guarantees or that anything will ever happen at that racetrack. And I think everyone can totally understand that. But the fact that you guys even have it in the back of your mind, I think, will make a lot of people happy. Well, I, I know a lot of people just think that – I don't care, and yep. that's not true. I really do care. And if we can think of a way to, to do something there, we, we're going to. Oh, boy. That's mm. amazing to hear. So next week, what are you doing on Tuesday mornings? Because, I mean, like, now we've got to just talk about Wilkesboro. <laughs> I mean, God, I'm I don't have anything else to talk about I, I swear. I just, that's, <laughs> well, that That's what I, I wanted to say. That, it's been on your conscience. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought, you know, I don't want people to think don't care. We, yeah. we do care, and – I am thinking about and and work uh, on ideas regularly to figure out how we do something there. Well, I will. T- let's just say this for the record, then, because we were all there last year when we were, you know, weed eating and and, and landscaping around there to, for the iRacing racing deal. Gosh, it was cold. Yes, it was. It was and a little rainy. Yeah, uh, it was miserable. Um, being inside that track, that's when I was convinced. I'm like, oh, this thing. Yeah, you're not gonna come back and race here. It's in, it's it's really falling it's, apart. The the infrastructure would require so much money. It's in bad shape. To dis- yeah, it's in yeah. disrepair. But that's when I sort of checked that box and said, okay, this you know. And anybody that said, hey, we need to be racing back there, not just on i racing. I'm like, yeah, but listen, this place is gone. I mean, like it's gone. It's. It, I'm just surprised to hear that this there's still a a, a little kindling. I just you know. Never I say think, never. Yeah, I mean, I think there there might be hope to to do something there, and um, it, it's you never know. I think that uh, that's great to hear. A lot of people are going to love to hear that. I think it goes back to this, the, like the pandemic has, has opened up a world of opportunity and possibilities, and we're doing the things in this sport that we never would have ever considered doing. You know, but we are now because of the pandemic. Well, and and to be sure, I'm not saying a, a NASCAR right. race there. I just, or, yeah, I just think that there there's there's something that I just, could be done there. I think that it. I think that what that has taught us is to never close the book on a potential idea or something being possible. Never say never. And uh, I'm not putting words in anybody's yeah. mouth here, yeah. but I never. I always felt like as long as that place is sitting there and unless it gets cleaned flat off the map and disappears, there's always going to be a possibility that mm. it gets used for something, for yeah. something. Yeah. And uh, until it's completely gone, that possibility is always there. You know what I think it is? 
I think you let him drive that Nova one time. Oh, man, that was so cool. He's sitting there. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Golly, he's like, driving that. He's that. like, I'm at Wilkesboro. Oh, my gosh. I can see I myself driving at Wilkesboro. Sitting in that seat so low, and you know, <laughs> I leaned over to the left, and oh, my gosh, that was the coolest Coolest thing. Oh, man. That was so cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Didn't you it. love it? I did. Yeah, I, I loved watching it go by just on, you know, because I'd watched it race there so many yeah. times as a kid. So yep. seeing it again go down that straightaway and just it looked like we were just standing back in time. It was so it cool. It was as much fun to watch it go by as it was <laughs> to drive it. It really was. Who can you call up and go? Hey, man, I need to take my car to your track, you know, and run (laughs) run a couple laps. I'm I'm, so glad you brought Charlotte. I'm like, I I really just don't need to go 60. I just need to go 60 miles an hour as fast as I need to go. And, boy, you get out there and you're like, I'm going to go a little faster than that thing. Yeah, Yeah. dude, you should let him do it again. Take it back over there. He'll be like, you know what's a good idea? Let's get the Daytona Beach course back in in the circuit. Let's get – I mean, who knows? Dude's got ideas. Put him in the car, man. That that car is so it's special. A smooth car. You did man. a heck of a job on that thing. Runs good. Don't yes. It? Yeah. Oh my goodness. All the guys here at Junior Motorsports put their hands on it. They they made it work. But um, yeah, thanks for letting me take it over there. We got a great little hit on social media. Yeah. I was watching y'all's accounts and everything. Oh, it was fun to see everybody talking about it, getting excited about it. All the so my fan my reaction uh, to it. social media folks uh, they said, hey, um, any chance we can come down and take pictures yeah. of that and. Um, Dale said, yeah, I don't mind. And I thought y'all would have sent some people. I said, he's probably got people coming over to take pictures of it and whatnot. But uh, no. our, our folks were so happy I showed to, up to with, do that. I showed up with LW and Josh Berry, <laughs> and it didn't even I didn't even add it together. We're standing oh, out man. on pit road, and <laughs> LW goes, man, LW said some wise crack because Josh blew, the note, blew up the right, front the end grass. of his car going in yeah. the grass at Atlanta. And I went... That's right. Yes, yep. you on the track. And yep. I said, what would, and I looked at their social media team. I said, what, why don't y'all go over to the turf and get them to sitting down kneeling by the turf? <laughs> yes. It'd be a funny picture. It, it was. <laughs> so LW said, hey, Marcus, by the way, this is Josh Berry. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I feel terrible. Why? You're I not said, supposed to drive race cars through the grass. I said, that hurt, didn't it? <laughs> he was like, it was funny. Maybe a little bit. But. So they kneel down talking yep. about turf and talking to each other. Yeah. And it's a great little moment. Oh, man. So not yep. only does he help book meetings uh, and, and guests, but he also uh, you know, con- does social media, media content. content. Creator. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. if you yeah, ever need sure. anybody. And, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> brokered that relationship, yeah. the meeting for me and Josh. Golly. Yeah. Man. yeah. Just, I, I mean, will say, though, I mean, just he – if he knows, like in in uh, in hindsight, he should have just gone on pit road. Yeah. Right. But yeah. 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 Of course. What are you gonna do? Yeah. I, what are do, you gonna do? We were standing out there loading the car up, and Josh goes, and LW walks up and goes, "Can Josh go? He really wants to go." And I was like, "Oh, nice. Of course he can go." So it wasn't like I brought Josh yeah. to go. Hey, check it out, <laughs> Josh. Marcus gets us here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was. I'm glad it worked out everybody's that way. All, everybody's awkward. <laughs> everybody's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you coming on, bud. Sure thing. It's always fun to talk to you. Um, just so curious about everything you got going on and how you how you do it. You know, it's just a really well, impressive thing to watch. All the praise that everybody heaped on you guys during the weekend and post race, well deserved. Thank you. Um, way to stay the course. I mean, I know that's you as a person, but you got to have a great team and you praise your team. Uh, they deserve it, and uh, somehow you you put the right people in the right place to pull it off and. 
yeah. Look, look forward. I'm. We're thrilled that you're going to do it again next year. I want to be there. I can't wait. It's uh, you know, love what you're doing. Mike said it. You know, thank you. You're, you're swinging for the fence and hitting a lot of home runs, driving in a lot of runs. It's uh, it's fun. I appreciate your support. Yeah, thank buddy. You. Yeah. All right. Hey, and again, you had one of the most stressful weekends that I think maybe you've had in a long, long time. You had a race on Monday instead of Sunday, and you still came in here today. So I appreciate that commitment. I was happy to do it, and I uh, appreciate you dropping everything uh, when we went to Nashville. This is this was easy. Anytime. Just a little drive up the road. So, All right. Good stuff. Marcus Smith on the Dale Jr. Download. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, it's finally time for my favorite part of the show. It's Ask Junior, brought to you by Xfinity. Uh, They've been a great partner for us, obviously supporting NASCAR and the Xfinity Series. They're a premier partner for NASCAR, so uh, we appreciate everything Xfinity does for our sport. I'm a customer, actually, as well, so I have Xfinity Internet at a location uh, and use it, and I'm happy with it. So um, you guys have been putting in your questions all week long at Xfinity Racing on Twitter. I read along. I see it. I see it popping up in my timeline. It gets me excited. There you go. So let's get to those questions. Uh, we got. Uh, we 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 did not do an open segment for the show today. That gives us a little more time. I hope to uh, do a little longer. Ask Junior. So let's get those questions coming, Leah. The questions are rolling in. Everybody just wants to know what you thought of the dirt race. I loved it. Um, you know, there's some. There's some. Uh, I'm sure some things to be learned and some adjustment adjustments to be made. Uh, to make the uh, uh, the experience better, but it, I think it was a win. It was a plus. It was a success. A success uh, something I want to see again. Um, I wanted to be there in person. The weather wasn't allowing us to get and tra- travel into Bristol on Sunday morning, so um, we didn't go. Monday I was busy. Uh, couldn't leave the house, so uh, we I didn't get to see it in person. I, I really want to see what that's like and, and what the energy is like at the racetrack itself. I'm sure there's going to be so many people with the same opinion and buying tickets for that race next year. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I hope that it's here to stay, and I hope that it's just at Bristol. I, I, I think that um, there's potential for us to have success at dirt tracks outside of Bristol, but let's just do it at Brix- Bristol for a little while and figure it out. Get it figure you know get it right. Get our cars right. We got a new car coming into the sport in a year or two. Let's let's get all the bugs worked out of this before we go taking it everywhere um when when something good happens in nascar everybody tries to want to recreate it um we're seeing that with the uh uh we saw that with the mile and a half track boom we've seen a little bit with the road course track boom into this you know those tracks coming into the schedule uh multiplying and um yeah so let's just keep it at bristol uh go a couple years and see how things work and um see what develops from there and uh, then we'll. Uh, I think I'm going to be definitely tuning into the truck race at uh, Knoxville. I'm super excited and hopeful that that is a great success. Uh, that's a 
you know, just like Eldora, that's a purpose-built dirt track facility, and it'd be interesting to see if we can go to those places and uh, and continue to have success there like we've had at Eldora. So um, that's exciting as well and, and certainly uh, factors into what dirt racing looks like for, for NASCAR in the Cup Series uh, long term. Uh, Patty Seven wants to know if you were surprised by Martin Truex Jr. winning the truck race. You know, I, I'm not. And I love to see Martin do well uh, because he's one of the drivers that I got to work with early on in his career. And uh, when Rick was in between drivers, I tried my hardest to get him to hire Martin. Uh, and um, he didn't. Uh, there were a couple other people in the works there, and, and Martin kind of got lost in the shuffle. And he hadn't, you know, won as many races at that particular point in his career. But he goes on to, you know, s- surpass my win total and going further uh, beyond winning more races in the future, I'm sure. He's a champion. So uh, I love to – I text Rick as soon as he was won that first stage. I text Rick Hendrick. I said, hey, you watching this truck race, uh, Truex? Just dusted him, man. Don't you don't you wish you kind of would have hired him when I told you to? <laughs> so <laughs> I like to rub that in a little bit. Um, anyways, uh, so I like to see him do good. He's a great guy, hunting buddy, uh, and I think he surprised himself. We were texting. Me and Martin were texting between the after the truck race, and he was laughing uh, uh, because he was surprised as everybody else. I think. One more dirt racing question before we move on. Sure. Richard Payne, uh, he says he understands the move to the single file restarts, but wouldn't you have liked to see NASCAR go back to the double file restart in overtime? Hmm. That would have probably been my preference, but I think once you make the decision, it's hard to go back. It's, if you make a choice to, to make that change mid-race, that's a commitment. That's a big change. That's a big deal. Everybody was on social media either either saying what a great decision or clowning it. I think you can't go back. You know, you just open yourself up to more criticism and 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 less legitimate of an event by continuing to kind of pull these strings as the race goes on. Uh, they made the choice, and I like the fact that they stuck with it. Um, we still had a pretty interesting you know, finish to the race. Uh, if we don't have a yellow at the end, it doesn't even have that yellow flag or overtime. So if we don't have the caution, but, uh, I didn't have a problem with it. Um, I was surprised though, that they did that. I was surprised that they went single file in the middle of the race. Um, that was, that was a big, that was a big gamble, mm-hmm. uh, that could have went, you know, I guess, I don't know that could have went wrong, but, uh, typically, uh, I wouldn't have guessed they would have made that decision, but it was funny cause it was, we race online in these online races and our racing and there's admins in these leagues and they make changes like that in the middle of the race. And it's just made me chuckle a little bit that the, the league admins were ticked off. <laughs> Said, Oh, boys can't stop wrecking. We're going single file. <laughs> it was funny. All right. Matthew T wants to know if you knew it wouldn't affect performance. What's a feature from a normal vehicle that you would like to add to a race car? No performance. It wouldn't affect performance at all. What's a feature? Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be any help on this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything. Um, You know, I I, I, I hope, or, you know, I miss the days where race cars uh, had stock panels and uh, the bodies looked identical to what you see driving up down the street. So that's kind of where my mind goes w- with the question uh, is – uh, you know what do we what can we do to make the cars look more recognizable to what we have riding up down the road 
to bring to bring more brand identity to the sport and make the manufacturer involvement in the store in the sport a lot more uh, impactful um, both ways. Like the manufacturers, you know, win on Sunday, sell on Monday, kind of thing. And uh, so that's what where my head goes. I guess more factory style parts and pieces on the exterior of the cars. Everyone's saying air conditioning, but you guys have like the no. cooling hoses, right? So they're not that great. They're not. Uh-uh. I mean, they, they they don't they only give you enough power just to get a little bit cooler air. It's about ten or twenty degrees, maybe cooler than the, inter- the interior of the cockpit. So it's still like ninety five degree air, but when you are in a hundred and twenty degrees and you hear you feel ninety five degree air, it's it's oddly cooler, right? It's not like oh that's hot. It's ninety five degree air. It's kind of like wow that feels better than what else is in here, right? It's kind of weird. Everyone's also saying radio, which I don't think that'll work because you need to hear spotter. Dude, yes. But they got the technology to where the radio could be playing, and when the spotter (laughs) keys up, it could cancel it out because I had that when we would go test. So when we go to Daytona and test, I had a radio uh, harness that I could plug into my – this was back when MP3 players were a thing. I could have my MP3 player playing, but if Tony Jr. keyed the mic, I'd, I'd hear him. It was nice. All right, uh, next question coming from Brent Scott. Uh, what are your thoughts on the lack of qualifying? It seems to be hurting the uh, growth of the sport. It's, I don't think it's hurting the growth of the sport, um, but I do miss it. So when we saw practice this weekend, uh, it really woke me up to being like, I, I didn't know if I missed it, right? I didn't can tell. I was like, well, I don't know if I missed practice or qualifying. I, I kind of – don't know, right? And then we saw some practice this weekend, and I was like, absolutely, this is fun. Obviously, I was curious to watch practice because it was dirt, mm-hmm. Bristol, it was new, got to see it. Um, but uh, it made me, you know, it made me remember what watching practice kind of felt like and how that adds to the race weekend. It sets the tone of who's fast, who's slow, who, you know, it sets some storylines. People have good things happen to them in practice, bad things happen to them in practice. Engine issues or crashes or problem, whatever, right? Um, you even see some of the, uh, the 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 disagreements between drivers even play out in practice. So, as a broadcaster, practice is a great tool to sort of help you understand what to expect on race day, and it bend, it bends the storylines and continues to shape the storylines uh, going into the race. Whereas without practice or qualifying, everybody, me, you. Uh, the drivers, everybody goes in there cold and just flips on switch and there we go. And it's a bit awkward and weird to to try to shape a, a an event you know, as a broadcaster from from scratch. So uh, I really miss practicing qualifying, and I hope that there's some version of that for us in the future. I don't know that we need to go all the way back to you know six hours of practice every weekend or whatever, but uh, I hope there's some. Uh, some version, a new version of that going forward once we get opened all the way up and everybody's back at the track. Jared Lyons asks, what are your thoughts on iRacing adding the Chicago street course? That was something we probably, we didn't ask Marcus about. We Hmm. might should have. Um, I think that, so iRacing is quickly, over the last couple of years, becoming an incredible asset to NASCAR. Um, that relationship is getting stronger and stronger as NASCAR is starting to see what a great benefit iRacing is to them. 
Um, not only are we marketing toward a younger crowd and getting younger people introduced to racing in our, you know, in, in NASCAR as a series, because when you go on iRacing, you might go on there for, for the European content or, or a certain particular car that's nothing to do with NASCAR or stock cars, right? But you learn about uh, all sports, all forms of motorsports, I'm sorry, on iRacing. And, you, and you, your curiosity sort of lets you run all over the place and drive different cars and different tracks. So anyways, those online simulators, video games, and all those other things are a great way to market to that audience or a new audience. But we're also seeing how iRacing and the technology that they use to scan tracks, create tracks, the technology they had to develop all of that software, how NASCAR can use it to experiment, right? To build a new racetrack, to reconfigure a old racetrack, um, to design a street course. Uh, I think that everybody's curious to see what a street course style race would look like for our cup cars and our drivers. And we want to see them in that challenging environment and going through those something they've never done before, right? Just like this past weekend at, um, at, at Bristol on Dirt, it was fun to see them sort of adapt to what was happening. And I think that's what I look forward to if they were ever to go to a street course. I think that Chicago is a town that uh, we certainly would love to be competing in. Uh, I don't know what the future is for the racetrack out there. It doesn't look good. So if we can have a street course, something that is only unique to Chicago, uh, that would be incredible uh, for the sport. And I think they're using this as a way to test those waters and see how uh, how that might work out and what it might look like. And I think NASCAR is really starting to realize and open their eyes to using iRacing as that tool to sort of see into the future and seeing the possibilities on these on these venues. It's really awesome. As a big fan of iRacing, I'm loving the fact that the organizations such as NASCAR and other organizations as well, other sports uh, governing bodies, are seeing how they can use iRacing to benefit their their uh, their futures. All right, guys, that's it for today. Well, man, there it is. My favorite part of the show is over. Yep. Darn. It goes by fast. It does. It, it goes by almost Xfinity X5 fast. Well, speed isn't everything, Mike. X5 is also reliable, powerful, and secure. It is, Dale. That it is. With Xfinity X5, you can do more of what you love with faster internet. You and your crew can stay connected with Wi-Fi coverage that delivers the speed your devices need. Boy, I know yours needs them. I mean, all the stuff you're doing. Oh, yeah, the racing, the oh, online yeah. stuff. Oh, my God, yeah. Remember, everyone, send your Ask Junior questions to at Xfinity Racing on Twitter. Well, before we hit the road, we got to thank Xfinity. They're a proud premier partner of NASCAR. everybody it's last call uh the dale jr download it's on tv yeah. i hope you know that by now it's on nbcsn thursday night 6 30 p.m eastern time thursdays are going to be the normal day for dale jr download tv show moving forward yeah so if you're listening thursdays that's when you're going to see us on tv right. more often throughout the rest of the year 6 30 p.m eastern time this week a new episode of door bumper clear after the bristol dirt race it'll be out tomorrow You'll hear from TJ about Joe Logano's win and uh, how TJ was so instrumental yep. in helping Joey steer through the potholes and the That's right. tribulations and trials. Right. Of, right. Construction. Yeah. <laughs> so, hear from the other spotters. They, I, I don't know if they 
you know, their car didn't any good. Um, just get their perspective on dirt racing in general and where we go from here. Door bumper clear out tomorrow. Thanks for Marcus Smith coming by. The guy's a busy man. Uh, just, uh, you know, I'm sure he uh, aged rapidly over the weekend <laughs> with the troubles they had at that racetrack, but they did an amazing job. And I think the whole industry really is recognizing the work they did, and everybody's really so proud of that effort. And uh, they pulled it off. So even with that, that going on, the delay, the race happening on a Monday, Marcus still came through, answered some questions for us, gave us a great conversation. So we appreciate it, Marcus. Y'all have a great week. This bit of badassery was badassery was made by badassery. Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo.